Galatians chapter number 5. <clears throat> Galatians chapter number 5. <clears throat> Let's look, if you will, in verse number 13. <clears throat> For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. But by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bide and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. I hope and pray you understand that. Amen. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Father, help me just a little while. Help me, Father, as I just speak to your people tonight, the words that you've placed in my heart, in my mouth, in my lips. God would utter the words that you would have said here tonight. God, that your glory would shine through upon us tonight. Help us, Lord. Help each one of us to realize what the word of God says, that we as your people, Lord, are called to liberty. Father, thank you now. For Jesus' sake, we pray and ask it for his glory. Amen. Amen. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit. Verse number 17. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. That's not what I want to preach on tonight. I want to preach on tonight called into liberty. We're set free tonight. That was proof of it here this morning that God's people are a free people to worship and praise the Lord. Amen. God was real in the house this morning. God was real in our soul this morning. And we took the liberty. Now listen to what I'm telling you. We took the liberty this morning to worship. Amen. And that's what God really wants. He's, he has it available every service, but we don't take hold of it every service. We should come into the house of God with the liberty that we're set free to come and worship. Now listen, I want to tell you something tonight. Uh, just shouting and running the aisles is not all the worship there is. Hey, I love it when we shout and run the aisles. But praying in an altar earnestly Amen. is part of worship. When God gets on our hearts so heavy and the world gets on us so heavy and we have to come and lay before God and cry and beg and plead as Tanya sings that song and pound the floor and scream his name. Amen. That's part of worship. God wants to see us on our prayer bones. Why? Because he set us free. We have the liberty to come and, and pray in an altar and know that God will hear us. 
the trouble with a lot of people is they think that the only liberty that they have is they should be shouting and running. Thank God for the shouters. Thank God for the runners. But I tell you, I like the criers too. I mean, when you get so full that you can't do nothing but cry. Amen. That's a worship that God understands. I remember years ago we were having a wonderful service like we did this morning. God was moving in a mighty way and Brother Vernon sitting right back there where Randy and them is. And I needed him to help work the altar. I motioned for Sister Betty to tell him come help work the altar. She whispered in his ear, Dennis needs you to help. And he squealed out look like a little pig said, Every man for himself this morning. <laughs> he couldn't get up out of the seat. He was worshiping God. God was all over him. He just couldn't get up out of that seat. Amen. Amen. I, I'm glad that God said that here in this scripture, for brethren, ye have been called into liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. Are you with me? But by love serve one another. Are you with me? Say amen. Turn with me if you will in Philippians chapter number 3. I know you know a lot of these scriptures. We understand and hear them a lot. Philippians chapter 3 verse 14 said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, we're not only called into liberty. Are you with me? We're called of God, a high calling. The trouble with things nowadays is that we belittle church so much that the high calling ain't what it used to be. Amen. Amen. People that belittle church and, and put on side shows and light shows and comics and clowns. and Amen. I've seen about everything in the world stand behind the pulpit. One time or another. Listen, a high calling of God that it said here. He said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. Listen, where do you esteem your Christianity? Where is it in your life? I remember years ago, Sister Evie Burnett passed away and it was the first time I'd ever heard a man preach this at a funeral. And he preached that she was a Biddix by birth and she loved that name. She loved her family. And then she became a Burnett by marriage and she loved that name. But he said, I've known her all my life and said the name that she held the most high was that she was a Christian. Amen. A high calling. She loved that she was in the Biddick's family and the Burnett family. But most of all, she loved being in Christ's family. Where do you place the high calling in your life? I mean, really, what is church to you? What is salvation unto you? What is the name Jesus unto you? Does it mean anything? Amen. Does it really mean anything? How many times have you seen uh, the cross hanging around lost people's neck I've been privileged to ask a lot of them over the year do you know what that cross stands for 
I try to do it in loving manner. I don't try to do it mean and hateful. And most of them, believe it or not, say, no, I just liked it. I never forget a friend of mine that I grew up with and I'd witnessed to him several times and hadn't seen him in several years and I, I saw him up at the body shop and I said, where you been? I hadn't saw you in several years. His last name was Lamb and he had a cross hanging around his neck. Now I knew him when he was lost, when we were growing up, when he was in the world, when he was running wild and dope and things like that and I hadn't seen him since he got saved. He said, that's where my Lord and Savior hung and died for me. I said, well, tell me how you got saved. He said, preacher, you ain't going to believe how I got saved. I said, I want to hear it. He said, I was in my Corvette. He said, I was doped out of my mind. He said, I was running 120 and left the road. He said, when I came to this very same cross, had went through my, underneath my chin and was hanging out my mouth. And he said, I kept flicking it with my tongue because it was dark. I didn't know what it was. But he said, I knew something had a hold on me and had me strangled. And said, I kept saying to myself, oh God, whatever it is, it's going to kill me. And he said, I kept moving it. And he said, I finally got to where I could move my head and I felt it get my neck. And then he realized what had happened. He had wrecked. And that chain and that cross went up through and was hanging out of his mouth. He said, you think you won't think about Jesus in that situation? He said, I went to calling on God. He said, I said, God, whether I live or whether I die, I want to be saved. He said, I've been saved ever since. He was actually there witnessing to the same man I was a witnessing to. Amen. He had come to the body shop to witness to the same fellow and we ran into each other. And I thought, how much more of a sign do you need to get saved than the cross shoved up through your chin, hanging out your mouth? Think about that. If it done all of that, how close to death was he? Didn't even realize. See, we're called with a high calling. He's like me. He'd been running for a while. How long did you run? I ran 20 years. I can guarantee you, I can tell you to the day when I was 12 year old, God called me at Mount Calvary Free Will Baptist Church. I, I went to an altar. I bowed down, but I left lost. I left lost. And it took me till I was 32 year old to truly surrender unto God. 20 years wasted. 20 years in danger of hell. I didn't even know how close to hell I was. I tell you, I prize the high calling of God on my life. I hope you do. <coughs> Second Timothy. Second Timothy, stay with me. Don't let me lose you. Chapter number one, verse number nine. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling? Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Listen, a holy calling. A holy calling. Listen, we've all had a call. I'm going to cut the heat down one degree, people. I feel like a lobster up here. But a holy 
calling of God. How do I put this plainly? People not only take the calling of God lightly, but once they answer the call, they take it lightly. I mean, if God called you and saved you, you should realize what a special gift God gave you. Are you with me? Say amen. And he said in his word, who has saved us? Can you answer that question? Who has saved us? I'm in 2 Timothy chapter number 1, verse number 9. And called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works. Lord, if he went around and said, well, if you'd done this and you'd done that, you'd be worthy. There ain't none of us worthy. No. Aren't you glad it's just a holy calling of God that he loved us in spite of our sorry selves? Amen. Aren't you glad that God loved us enough and called us with a holy calling because his son died for us? Amen. Thank God for that. I'm glad there is a holy calling. Now notice the last line in that verse. In Christ Jesus before the world began. You know God always wanted you to be saved. He wanted you to live forever. What we didn't realize is when death entered in the garden, there also was an eternal death entered in. You're either going to live forever or you're going to die forever. And you made that choice. Are you with me? Say amen. Turn right on over in Hebrew. I try to line these things up where you don't have to hunt all over the world. Hebrew chapter number 3. <clears throat> Hebrew chapter number 3 and verse number 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. Are you with me? Consider the apostles and... High priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Are you with me? Say amen. So what are we talking about? A heavenly calling. We're talking about a, a high calling, holy calling, and, and now we're talking about a heavenly calling. Amen. You know what I, when I read this scripture, what I thought of? Now let me put it in a literal sense to you. When Jesus was fixing to be baptized, heavens opened up. And a voice from heaven spoke, This is my beloved Son, and whom I am well pleased. If the heaven opened up tonight, would it say that about you? This is my beloved child, whom I'm well pleased. And I'm the pastor of the church, and I'd have to say, God, I hope I haven't forgot to repent. Amen. So you can be well pleased with me. Amen. And true repentance means I realize what I've done wasn't right and I ain't going to do it again. That's true repentance. Hey, now, let me tell you, sometimes you'll mess up and do it again. Oh, yeah, that's the flesh. But he said in his word, as we look at this scripture, wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. Can I add something here tonight? He's not talking to lost people. Can I help you tonight? We got a lost crowd out there tonight that thinks they're all right with God because they sit in the house of God. 
We got a lost crowd out there tonight thinks because they got their name on the roll of the church that they're okay. There's a crowd out there tonight that's been down to the river and been baptized and they think that's all it is to it. They're all right. They haven't stopped drinking. They haven't stopped drugging. They haven't stopped whoring around. They haven't stopped their immoral lifestyles. <coughs> Am I preaching the truth tonight? And they think they're all right. They want to go to the house of God and look anyway, act anyway, talk anyway, live anyway, and say they're okay with God. Well, I can tell you tonight, friend, God is not okay with you. If you don't line up with this book, God is not okay with that. God is not going to overlook your sins. Amen. He wants you to repent of them. So if you know anything tonight about a high calling, a heavenly calling, and a holy calling, you ought to know heaven is watching over you. He's made a record of it. Are you with me? Now, if you go back to where we were just at in 2 Timothy, same scripture again. I want you to see something in that tonight in 2 Timothy chapter number 1, verse number 9 again. Who has saved us? Are you with me? And called us with a holy calling. Who done that? God called us. Who was it came down to the garden and said, Adam, where art thou? That's God. God came down and said, Adam, where art thou? And where was Adam? He's hiding. Are you with me? So who called us tonight? The Lord Jesus Christ called us to repentance, called us to be saved. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost still is one. So when God called out in the garden, God is still calling out tonight through his son Jesus Christ and by the Holy Spirit of God. He's still calling unto you and I. God, let me help somebody tonight. I don't know if it's here or in the airway. Somebody tonight is trying to get in on grandpa or grandma's coattail. Maybe mama's and daddy's coattail. Amen. Uh, there's a multitude out there. Oh, my grandpa, my daddy, my mama. What about you, friend? What about you as an individual? Where's your calling? Where do you place it in your life? If the place of God is right in your life, God will be number one. I don't care if the fish is about and you'll be at church. Oh, that hurt me. That hurt me. Didn't it you? Didn't it hurt you back up in the book of Romans, chapter number 1? <clears throat> Romans, chapter number 1, verse number 7. To all that be in Rome, <clears throat> beloved of God, call to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Saints. Call to be saints. Can I help you tonight? Everybody was called to be a saint of God. You ain't got to lay hands on everybody and heal everybody. You ain't got to know. <laughs> How many know the Pentateuch's in the Bible? First five books of the Bible. Do you know there's 613 commandments in the first five books to the Jewish people? 
613, just in the first five books of the Bible to the Jewish people. Are you with me? Say amen. And we in the flesh think, well, if I don't know all 613 of them, how can I be a saint? If I can't lay my hands on people and pray over them and the blindness becomes seeing and the lame become walking and the deaf become hearing, I can't be a saint. Let me inform you tonight that's wrong. God called you to be a saint to set yourself aside from this world. This world, set yourself aside from this world. Don't look like the world, don't smell like the world, don't talk like the world, don't act like the world. You ought to be like your Father in heaven tonight. That's what you were called into, sainthood, separated. You know, in certain religions, after you do three or four miracles, you're considered a saint. First of all, I can't do any miracles. God might do it through me, but I can't do anything. I mean, I can lay my hands on you and warm you up. I got warm hands. That's all you're going to get. Sometimes you might get a little static shock. Some of you probably need a little static shock. Probably get your heart to beating a little better. Amen. But when my grandkids want warm, they come to Papa because I'm sorry, I'm hot-natured. But my heat don't heal them. If there's any healing, it comes from God. But God has chosen his children to work through. You are the mouthpiece to a lost and dying world. You are the image of God in the flesh to a lost and dying world. They ought to see something in you that's different than the world. Amen. See, we got a misconception of being a saint. <laughs> Woo, are you with me? Golly, it's hard preaching tonight. Look in verse 16 while we're right there. He said, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. There's our problem. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. What do you believe tonight? Jamaicans believe that as long as you've not been baptized you can go to heaven and still sin that's a misconception I don't know where they learned that you can ask everybody in Jamaica are you a Christian? yes sir I'm a Christian do you go to church? no but I'm a Christian are you going to heaven son? yes I'm going to heaven how do you know you're going to heaven? Because I'm saved. And then they'll say, but I'm not baptized yet. This is the truth, people. What's your hang up? They think as long as they go to church, they're okay. But they once they go to the water, they have to stop drinking. They have to stop whoring around. Ganji has to go out the window. And they have to go to church. Once they go to the water. Can I help you tonight? Water won't save you. Water won't make you a better Christian. It's got to be in your heart tonight. To be a Christian. If you don't have a desire to be something, you will never be it. And what a wonderful day to preach this message.
Let me go back to the Super Bowl and bring that into the message tonight. Would you pay $10,000 to be a Christian? <laughs> I'm asking a question. Would you even give $1,000? Right? I guarantee you these people, and, and I learned this when I was lost, people. I want you to know that. One time in my life, I went to the dog races in Florida. We went down our own vacation. The people we stayed with wanted to take us over there and show what dog racing was all about. We went to the dog races. The first level at the dog races is people that don't have $3 to buy a seat on the second level. And there's thousands standing up down there buying tickets. This dog's going to win. But they don't have $3 to pay for a seat. Are you in me? You following me? Yeah. Well, if you go up and you pay the $3 to the seat right above that, then you have the boxes with the windows and the catered food. And it was like, at that time, $50 to go up to that one. Of course, that's where the rich and the elite was. Ladies and gentlemen around me, no joke, tickets were a dollar. <coughs> Every bet was made by the dollar. If you bet a dollar, you got one ticket. I seen people with that many tickets in their hand. I don't know how many dollars that was. I ain't even going to guess. And once the dog didn't win, it went in the floor. And I thought, here you are. Hey, by the way, I was lost. I was lost when I was at that dog race. But something inside of me was telling me, look around you. I seen people betting thousands of dollars. And I wondered if they had enough gas to get back home on. I wondered that. Why do you say that, preacher? Right over here at the store, the convenience store, right over here at the interstate. I was in there one morning going to work, got a sandwich. In come a guy you could see steel in every tire on his car. Four or five children, I couldn't count how many were in there, but they were four or five or six in that car. He come in and bought $50 worth of lottery tickets. And every tire had steel showing. And I'm thinking, where is your brain, sir? You've got precious children in that car, and yet you're buying tickets on a hope and a whim. You could have bought two tires used for that. But see, that wasn't where his heart was. That's what I'm preaching tonight. We've got a calling, but where's our heart in this thing? Right? When the plate comes around, do you give more in that plate for Jesus than you ate at one meal last week? I never forget the first time the Gideons came to our church and we made a speech or he made a speech about helping the Gideons to get the Bibles out. And at that time, you could have bought a large Bible for the Gideons for the same price as it costs for a two-liter Coke. And I said, how many drank up several Bibles this week? Now think about it. Would you miss one two-liter drink to buy one Bible? Oh, by the way, we just got the money together. It's all in motion. It'll be started uh, going across the water next week sometime. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there's 3,000 full Bibles and there is 9,000 workers' Bibles. Does everybody know what a workers' Bible is? 
the book of John and the book of Romans. Roman roadmap, John's roadmap. That's what you carry in your pocket when you go testifying and witnessing. 9,000 of those and 3,000 whole Bibles is going to Jamaica because you cared enough here a while back to vote to help give the money. I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, don't hold me to this, I believe it's going to cost $4,700 just to get them shipped over there. $4,700, that's about three times what it was. But that's the way the economy is. But you had a portion in sending Bibles to Jamaica. We're not going to be able to be there this time to hand them out like we usually are. Brother Sidney's going to have to do that. But we had it laid on our heart to send Bibles and get ready. And I thought about, we have took as many as 33 people over there, which was around twenty-five dollars to $28,000 just in tickets spent to get people to the island. That's well and good. Yes, it is. But what if we had spent 28000 just on Bibles? I'll never forget the last time we shipped. You remember when we had the container? We put clothes and the Bibles and all that in it. Somebody broke in it and stole a bunch of the Bibles. They were all tore up all about it. Brother Glenn, I'll never forget it. I figured he'd be the very one blowed all to pieces. He said, pray that they go in somebody's hand. No matter how they get there, just pray they get in somebody's hand. Amen. Amen. The Bible to do the work even if it was stolen and given or sold to somebody. Right? Amen. Let the word of God get out. And I've thought about that much. We have a high calling. We have a holy calling. We also realize tonight that God is trying to get our attention. Say amen. amen. For he called us. I want to tell you something. He didn't just call you to sit on the church pew. He didn't just call you to look pretty in the house of God. Are you with me? Say amen. Go back in the book of Romans, if you will. <coughs> Chapter number one, verse number seven. Are you there? To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you got that in your heart? You're called to be saints. Then there ain't but one thing left. Let's go to Revelations. I hope you know where Revelations is. Revelations chapter number 17, verse number 14. Are you with me? Say amen. <clears throat> Revelation 17, verse number 14. These shall make war with the Lamb. And the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him are called, are you with me? And chosen. I'm going to let you read the last one. You were called. You were chosen. And the proof in the puddings, if you're faithful. Faithful, called, chosen, and faithful. Can I say this tonight in closing this message? We all know we've been called. There ain't no doubt most of the folks that I meet know they need to be saved. 
How many of you met that didn't know they needed to be saved? But most everybody we meet in this area knows they needed to be saved. Not that they are saved, but they know they needed to be saved. Some of them go to church on a regular basis. I'll never forget one that went to Trinity Hill for 20 years before he got saved. One Wednesday night wasn't a handful of folks there. Fourth of July, old boy come down the aisle and got saved. Faithful. He'd been faithful in coming. He'd been faithful in bringing his wife. And he'd tell you right out of his mouth if you ask him, are you saved? No. He didn't say it mean or ugly. He just knew he wasn't saved. But I'll never forget meeting him down in Vane Mountain a week or so after he got saved. I talked to the man many, 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 many times over the years. That was the first time I ever talked to him that the first thing he mentioned was Jesus. That was faithful. He was faithful that he knew he had a high calling. He was faithful that he knew he'd been called and chosen. He was faithful because he knew he had given his heart to God and it was his duty to tell others about the love of God. He knew that. Why? Because he is saved. I never heard him mention church or Jesus or none of that before he got saved. He was a good man. Don't get me wrong. He was as fine a man as there was. He was a good friend, a good neighbor, a good daddy, a good husband. He just lost. But when he got saved, the first thing he wanted to talk about was Jesus. Atheist that I knew and loved dearly. And I sent to witness to him. He was dying. He surrendered not when I went, but another atheist went to him. And he surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. He was up in his late 60s. No, he was up in his 70s. And I remember when he got saved after that atheist went to him and told him about Jesus. Because the atheist had just been saved two weeks. And he heard us talking about it. He said, I want to go talk to this man. This was a man that was in my family that we loved dearly. And after he got saved, he said this. You want to know why I said there was no God all these years? My daddy especially said, why? He and daddy was real close. He said because God had called me to preach and if I admitted there was a God, I knew I had to preach. He spent the last six months of his life, everyone that came through the door of the nursing home, he didn't say hello. He said, let me tell you about Jesus. <laughs> Remind me of Snapper. I was privileged to help that young man find Jesus. And I told him, I said, confess with your mouth. He rung a bell. I thought he was hurting. The nurse came in and he said, I want to tell you something. I just got saved. That nurse shouted. I'm telling you, she had a shouting fit. I was with her. Sniper was crying. Why? Hey, heaven was rejoicing, why not us? He wanted to confess to somebody that God had just saved him. What about you tonight? Do you realize what you're called into? Do you know who called you? Do you know why he called you? 
Now let me ask you this question. We'll go home. Have you been faithful to him? Let's stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed. That's the invitation tonight. Have you been faithful to him? Because he's certainly been faithful to you. Have you done everything God wanted you to do when he asked you to do it? Do you know who called you and why he called you? Do you realize how much he loved you? If you need to come and pray, would you step out right now and come? You are called into liberty. You have the right to worship. You have the right to pray. You have a right to praise him. I'm glad God loves us in spite of our shortcomings. I'm glad God loves me when I come so short that I feel like I'm lower in a whale's belly. Amen. Aren't you glad he still loves you tonight? Father, I thank you for the privilege to stand here tonight and preach to your precious people called to liberty. Yes, Lord, it's a high calling, it's a holy calling, it's a heavenly calling. We realize that, Father. We know that God called us, Lord, not just to warm a pew, but to be Christian. God called, filled, saints of God. Please, Lord, let us realize tonight that we are called, chosen, and God, that we need to be faithful. And I thank you for the privilege to speak to your precious people tonight these words. Let it find a lodging place in our heart that we might not sin against thee. Blessed be the name of the Lord now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.